Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Mike Cirillo. What's up? Gentlemen? Look up. It's been a couple of years since I've been on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds about right. Mike, of course, yeah. is from Legion 99. Yeah. Um, also the TO for Invader League. Unfortunately. Has... <laughs> I think I think you've you've done a great job. So I would say fortunately. It's uh um, it's cut into my sleep quite a bit. So it's a double edged sword. Well that's fair. Turns out eighteen um, different time zones is a, a bear to, to <laughs> Yeah, I, I I have a bone to pick with you, but we'll save that for a little bit later in the cast. Excellent. All right. Um, yeah, so we are gonna talk about Invader League today um yep. we're gonna we have some some news updates which we will talk about yep and some forum rulings on some stuff that we talked about last week so we'll talk about those also um let's get right into it you got some housekeeping for us jay yeah so for housekeeping let's start with like we always start with patreon you know if you'd like the uh if you like the podcast or the blog, or anything that we do from a content perspective, come support us on Patreon. Uh, we are going to be, uh, last quarter, we gave away all the Battle Force cards to our Patreon members at the $10 and $25 level. We're going to do that again this quarter, plus those of you that already got the Battle Force cards, we'll give you something else. But all you new Patreon members at the $10 and $25 level will be getting Battle Force cards. We're going to start sending out some of the errata cards as well to our Patreon members at those levels. And then, you know, just if you want to just come support us, we have lower tiers, like a dollar tier, $2 tier. If you want to just support us, we really love the support. It helps us uh, keep the blog writers warm during the winter. And um, it just in general keeps Kyle happy when Patreon members are signing up. So if you want Kyle That's to true. be happy on this cast uh come join us on patreon and if you have already joined us thank you we've had you know we've had a ton of you sign up lately and and that's been great so thank you so much for signing up and uh oh if you sign up right now if you stop listening just pause it for a second if you sign up this wednesday which will be tomorrow for you uh we're doing a live q a so you can come ask us questions live on our patreon uh and and i don't know ask us you know Ask Kyle what he really thinks about Mike Cirillo on, on our Q&A on our Patreon. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the second thing that's pretty cool is uh, in October, we're starting season three of Stormtide. So if you haven't joined Stormtide yet or you don't know what it is, it's our monthly narrative campaign that's uh, based on the Legion rule set that we release new units, new cards, missions, all kinds of stuff. And you kind of follow along a narrative. Um, we actually came up with this cool mechanic that if you wanted to start in season three, you don't have to buy season one or two. You could just start in October for the monthly campaign and we'll catch you up uh, with what's happened in the story so far through this cool mechanic. I don't want to give it away, but uh, you can sign up now. And then if you're already a Stormtide member, you just keep going with your subscription. But yeah, so if you want to join, um, if you've been thinking about it, if you've been tossing and turning about it at night, October is a great month to start. That'll be season three. Um, and if you don't 
know what it is or you don't know you know what what to think about it you can go to the legion discord uh we have our own storm tide channel so you can ask people there there's a bunch of people on there that play and interact and talk about the game uh in the narrative and so you can go on there and get everybody's feedback on it so yeah that's it that's all i'll do for housekeeping this week kyle awesome um all right let's jump right into news then All right, so news. Um, so big one. Uh, the Blizzard Force Battle Force has been delayed. Uh, it was supposed to be out actually this week, this Friday, uh, with Echo Base, and it has a TBD uh, delivery date now. So um, my understanding is that it may be a quality control issue, uh, but obviously that uh yeah they probably should have done that for all of them but you know whatever here we are and so uh so that's been pulled from the release schedule and then secondly we found out recently some forum updates so i'll take one and then i'll give you guys the other one since you guys were talking about it uh so din jarin's the rifle that has all been qualified what we thought it would do so if you listen to any of the scoundrels recently where we talked about din's rifle uh and how it would work in a game of legion um we were right on the money and so that's been confirmed in the forums and then kyle uh or kyle sneezing so maybe mike what <laughs> what was the other forum ruling <laughs> sure so the other forum ruling was a correction on a forum ruling that they had already put out about IG-88 and his one pip focused on the kill. Um, so now IG-88 does not suffer extra wounds beyond his five threshold. And no matter, once he hits that threshold of five wounds, at the end of that turn, regardless of how many wounds he's left with, he's removed from play and defeated um, because his wound threshold has been met. So even if you would repair him like five times, for example, and he's got zero wounds, because he's hit that five threshold, he's removed at the end of the turn which is a little bit of an update to the forum ruling they posted last week and that we just published on our cast yesterday. <laughs> Perfect. They also put out a, a forum clarification that the dice in the 501st box for the ARC Troopers and the ATRT are misprints and they're not red. So the ARCs are not red red and the laser cannon was not nerfed to black, black, black. Perfect. I'm glad. Shocking. I'm glad that they at least like put something out there because there yeah. were lots of people, understandably, being like, oh, look, they buffed arcs. And then it, amusingly, you follow the thread in those posts and then people are like, but why did they nerf the Archie laser? <laughs> um, so I'm glad it's they the cleared that up. internal AMG meta. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they cleared that up. Um, yeah. Interesting that, the, I mean, I guess the other misprints are things like crit to block. So, you know, they don't, maybe they don't need to, clear that up because that's obviously not a thing yeah yeah um but yeah uh is that it is that it for news and then I, we can clearly we can talk about the news but as far as yeah that, i think so uh just one other thing mike where can where can everybody find your podcast yeah so we're uh legion 99 and we can be found on spotify youtube just about everywhere that you find your podcast at this point um we're also like quasi partnered with six up supply um keegan's part of our podcast and has that shop as well and uh, Nick, who's one of our co-hosts, is the TO for PAX Unplugged, which I think you guys have an affiliation with now. Well, yeah, 
technically uh <laughs> yeah we do uh yeah so we're we are basically the the major sponsor of the pax unplugged event and kind of it's running under our banner which is pretty cool and uh nick's going to be toing it so you know it's going to be an amazing event with amazing terrain because he never he never puts out a bad table i don't think so he just printed two more so i'm excited to see them get their <laughs> debut for pax it's good. Just showing like the pictures yesterday. Stops. No. It um, only stops when the printer breaks. Yeah. I asked him at ACO, I'm like, how many tables do you have? And he didn't, it didn't even like take him at like he didn't have to think about it. He was like 26. <laughs> and I'm like, you have 26 tables like that? Like one person mm-hmm. has 26 tables. Yeah. That's insane. and they're all like amazing looking too. I don't you know, I always thought I was the big man with the 10. And then, yeah, when he said 26, yeah. I was like, oh, well, oh, man, I've been really slacking. <laughs> yeah, he donated six of them to the LTC circuit. And I think he's printed and painted four since then. So he's still at like 24, which is just <laughs> actually at 25 because I just gave him one of mine. So, you know, he's he's quickly going back up the ranks. There you go. Got so to get can, up to 30. We'll yeah, I think he's trying to get to 32 30. so that he can do everyone for packs. I tell yeah, you what, 64. You tell know. him. When he gets to 32, he can come on the scoundrels and talk all about it, but only when he gets to 32. It's <laughs> a high bar. All right, you'll listen to him in three months. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about these news items real quick and then we can dive into Invader League. Um, Blizzard Force. Yep. Uh, I, there must be something that we don't know because, like, at least the Blizzard Forces that have been coming out in you know, Canada and Europe, um, there were definitely misprints on those and or like missing tokens, but it it seemed, you know, less significant than the ones from the other boxes anyway. Um, You know, it was like, there was like one vehicle damage token instead of the, you know, one of each type. Um, In the German version, Vader had crypto block um, and the German force choke had like, you can't use it on core instead of you can't use it on commanders um so like more obvious stuff i don't and i think the canadian one was just the the vehicle damage token i i'm struggling to see like why they would pull this one and not do anything with you know the other ones that are actually like straight up missing plastic and like essential tokens that you need i don't don't know it's a little odd in my so i i heard a rumor I'm not going to say exactly what I heard, but I heard a rumor that all the cards dice were misprinted uh, to something else. And so I'm, I don't, I don't know the, I don't have proof on that. It's just a rumor that I heard, but in my head, there's two reasons you do this one, either this one has significant issues that the, you know, the U S one that is above and beyond what we've already seen that they've already let go or number two, someone, high up got wind of all the mistakes and everything and was like okay we're pulling the plug and maybe blizzard force was just the one that they didn't sell as many of or something you know what i mean because i don't i don't have any other reason it's either it's either significant issues or for there's a reason why they selected that one because echo basin and and blizzard are coming out at the same time so you could have just pulled both of them since they're both at the same, yeah, you know, the same, uh, you know, I, I mean, listen, Echo Base has some weird stuff in it. Echo, like, yeah, it has some issues too. Yeah, you know, like 
four vets and four MKs, which I know we talked about, hey, it's okay to have four vets, but you, you never need four MKs. Like if it's, or you can't even have four MKs, yeah. let alone need it. I mean, extra product seems like, you know, sort of an opposite. Uh, and it's, I think that's also what it said on the box. So at least you're getting yeah. what it's it says in the box. It is weird. I, I think more concretely with Echo Base, there was, they also had some missing tokens. There was like um, not enough uh, command tokens, stuff like that. Yeah. So, well, um, okay. So, so let me just argue this for you, Kyle. Here's, here's why, even though it's more content, more product, why it's bad. Is because you can never field all eight of those units. And if a new player doesn't know that and tries to field all eight of those because they came in the starter box, which is supposed to be a a starter army for me to go play at my local store, it's going to get confusing and it's just a feels bad at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's an odd decision to put four of each in there. Yeah instead of three Uh, yeah we're just i know we already kind of yeah i'm still i'm still not happy about it well and i think i mean you know we're still at the end of the day we're still speculating like we know that we know that they pulled blizzard force we don't we don't know why they haven't said anything about any of the other issues for the other ones except that the 501st ones are misprints right you know they've done like like basically what they have to so that people can actually like use the cards without getting confused but i haven't heard of them like sending people shield token i mean if if you're listening and like you've had a different like you bought one of these boxes and you've had a different experience let me know but i haven't heard of them like sending people shield tokens or sending people flight stands or anything that we're missing from the boxes um so no it hasn't popped up yet yeah so and they haven't said anything about any of the that stuff publicly so yeah um i don't know Wherefore thou battle force? <clears throat> we we said uh, enough about it last week, and unfortunately, yeah. we're still in the same position because they haven't told us anything. So yeah, yep. Um, it'd be nice if they at least came out and said like these are this does not meet our quality standard. Like we'll fix this. Um, or at a minimum, because this costs nothing. Saying. We know they're messed up. We're sorry. We're working on some sort of fix. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to commit to anything. You just say, right. we're working on, we're going to, we're working on an answer. And that could be as simple as like printer play or, you know, it doesn't have to be complex, but just like, we're working on it. It's like, hello, anybody work there? Is anybody there? Yeah. Like right now, the message of silence is essentially like, yeah, this is an okay quality standard for us. Um, yeah, we're fine with everything that's going on. Yeah, that's what silence means. So, anyway, um, but at least we got a forums update. Yep. Yeah. Let, should we talk about those real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the Amban. There's not really much to talk about except that, you know, for those that have not seen the post, you should actually look at it because, like. I think it might be like the most articulate, thorough rules question I've ever seen asked on the forums. Now, granted, yeah. it's it's for a complicated thing. Like the rules post or the question is like a page and a half long because the embed is what it is. But, um, you know, the guy goes through like all the scenarios and like, is this how that works in this scenario? Is this how it works in this scenario? And is like exceedingly mm-hmm. specific. It's really good. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, 
Grogu can target something with it. Like you can shoot into a closed transport. You can target into melee. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, all, yeah. All the things. Yeah. We talked about. I'd like to say something about this. Okay. So somebody, a listener, messaged me and asked me or said that they they didn't think that this was game breaking and that why do we think it's game breaking and so i'd like to like qualify or clarify this is that i and kyle you could speak for yourself and mike you don't have to say anything you can we'll take the bullet uh it, I'd like to say, I don't think this this particular item is game-breaking. I think it is something that individually is unique that we haven't seen before and could potentially lead. If we start seeing more stuff like this that plays outside the gen- general rules of the game and how the game is generally played overall, that we could it could lead to game-breaking stuff if, if normal like rules are ignored of how we understand them that's that's my take i'm kind of in the same camp um honestly it's uh it's a position that i've put out there before that this upgrade in and of itself while very strong in specific scenarios um doesn't you know tilt the game immediately because there's still an opportunity cost and it's still an expensive piece but it creates a design space that breaks what 17 fundamental rules of legion um, so it's very possible that a we haven't even discovered all of the the sidebar options that it has and different weird interactions, um, but then b it's also just another layer of complexity that with new units coming out and new command cards and new effects that creates another chain of events that all of a sudden leads to a loophole that probably shouldn't be there and realistically could be cleaned up with cleaner text. Yeah, that's the thing is like it. It would have been really easy to just word it in a way that so it was so much cleaner and still have it do all of the same things except you know break the things that it can like do the things like hitting hidden models and having Grogu target it and stuff that to me you know i can't imagine they intended that to be like a thing for this when they when they designed it um and it like you could have avoided all that and still had it do auto wounds still had it ignore all the defensive keywords still have it ignore guardian um, like you could have still have it, still have it be two actions, still give them the speed one move, like all of those things. And with just like slightly cleaner wording and it would not have been difficult. So I think that's my primary issue with it. It's not so much that it's like a balance concern. I'm not, I'm not convinced one way or the other on that front. It's just mechanically sloppy in a way that's like completely unnecessary. And they've said that, you know, they said on stream that this was the first card designed with the quote AMG design philosophy. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh, Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, I, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know why they felt like they had to like not use the existing very successful, very easy to use mold that was there. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, that's the Amban. We've talked enough about the Amban. Should we talk real quick about 88, G88? Yeah. Um, so there's there have essentially been like three different interpretations of this, right? The the I think the closest to rules as written written is what we discussed last week before there was a forum ruling, which is the um, you know, he can only suffer five wounds, and then if he has less than five wounds during the end phase, he doesn't die, which means that you could just repair him for one wound at the end of the turn, he would still live, which is obviously dumb from a um 
balance perspective. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't go with that, even though I think arguably that's like the most, the closest to what it says on the card. Um, and then the original ruling was that he can exceed his wound threshold, uh, which means you could overwound him. So that's clearly better from a player agency perspective because it means you can shoot him more and then he has a greater chance of dying at the end of the turn. I think it would have been fine if they just stuck with that. Um, from a balance perspective, uh, they ended up going to this like, he essentially enters like a doomed state once he hits five wounds um, and there's no reason to repair him or anything. Um, certainly from a balance perspective, the least uh, abusable, which I guess is probably why they went with this. Um, the flip-flopping is kind of weird. That I mean, I know that Wurlings change, whatever, that's fine. Um, but, I, you know, clearly this card could have been worded more cleanly if there's like multiple different interpretations and they ultimately decided on this one um i i'm glad this is where we ended up from a balance perspective um you know ijj plus dell and a bunch of repair bots could have been silly <laughs> um, probably wouldn't have even been a bad list honestly you know oh, no. just turn turn boba and ig88 and you get like two free repair bots anyway yeah I mean, I, I was, I made a list the other day. It was, it was both IGs, um, item, uh, Inferno, um, three storm T21s, one of with one of which had a repair bot, um, two snipers and Inferno. And it was like, I think those 11 activations might've been 10. I don't remember. Um, and, uh, and, uh, sorry, and a generic officer. Cause you need allies of convenience in there to do that. Um, and it's, it's like a really good list and it also has repair in there. So I think it could still be really good, just not in a way that like dumbly abuses the, the cannot be killed state. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, this is where they landed. so basically so that everyone understands, including myself, once he reaches five, you just, you basically just stop counting and you're just like, yep. yeah, he's going to die. And it's, you can't heal it off. You can't repair it. It doesn't matter if he goes over it. Cause he's just doomed at the end of the, at, at the end of it anyways. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If he ever gets to five during a turn, there's nothing you can do. He will die at the start of the end phase. Okay. Um, but not before. So. Right. Yep. Which is still really, I mean, this is essentially, it means like you get, assuming he doesn't go first and then you kill him after that. Um, like he's essentially guaranteed one action yeah. after he would otherwise die. Um, one turn, whatever. Uh, and when you've got six dice, Pierce and Sharpshooter one, that's a pretty effective action. Yeah. Or he could use it to grab an objective or something, yeah. you know, like yeah. um, grab a box with him and play this card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, Right, right. You could like, there's so much you could do knowing that you could play that card the next turn. You could have a box at the end of the first turn and have them in the wide open, and it just doesn't matter, right? Because you're just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just leave them there till the end, and then I'll just run them straight towards my uh. <laughs> yeah, it's I like mean, the... yeah. it's like the guess I'll die meme. You know, just the old guy sitting there with the box. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly you can do other stuff in that scenario. You can engage him in melee to prevent him from running away. You can force push yeah, him, you know, whatever. But killing him, not an option. So, um, yeah, I, I dig this card. I'm glad this is where they ended up eventually. 
Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's still not out yet. So, you yeah. know, I get, you know, right. any, 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 if you, if they land somewhere, solidly land somewhere before he's released, then, uh, you know, that's good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> should we talk about Invader League? Sure. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, Mike. What, All right. So, what is, what is Invader League? Should we start there? So, as I say, that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, you guys have way more <laughs> listeners than people that actually play in the league, so you know, there's probably not a huge crossover there. <laughs> um, but the Invader League is an international tabletop simulator Legion tournament. Um, it's been going on for nine seasons. We're currently in Invader League season nine, and um, basically, it's a group of currently 198 players from all over the country in I think 18 different time zones. I figured out. Um, that play a giant legion tournament. We have players sign up. They get distributed into groups of six based on their region. Um, and then you play six round robin games and the top two from everybody's group advance and play a single elimination bracket in varying formats. Then eventually over the course of like two months, two and a half months from the start, we have a grand champion, which I think Kyle has won one time. Once, yeah. Once. Yeah, the only person to have done it twice is Kingsley. Yeah, that's true. That I'm aware of. Otherwise, it's been somebody different every time. I look forward to Bobette, who is our current season eight champion, getting season nine as well. But I think he's got to get through your group first. He does. Yeah, we're in the same group. <laughs> he's off to a pretty belligerent start. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a great player. Obviously, he won last year. He um he passed me on the Elo for Invader. Yeah. So he's huh? I'm now number two, and he's now number no. one. Yeah. Um. And we both got put in the same group. <laughs> so, I swear the see. button is random. I believe you. <laughs> and I remember you saying, you're like, man, group 12, NA East, that's a brutal one. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, ah, I'm in group 12. <laughs> 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 seems, seems like destiny. And uh, yeah. So, all right. I'm going to, here's my bone I have to pick all with right. you, Mike. And what it's entirely got? not your fault. Uh, I was so happy when we moved to the time zone, like specific groups, right? I was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, East Coast, this is great. I'm tired of playing people on the West Coast or, you know, all over the world, like saying, hey, I could play at like midnight, you know, my time. And so I was so, last year, last uh, Invader League was great. Like everybody wanted to play at reasonable times, but I'm in a group. And like the first, the first messages about everybody's schedule, everyone's like, I could start at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> we're going to be playing till past midnight I'm like, on a work night? <laughs> like, guys, I got school in the morning. I can't, I can't be playing games till midnight. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit of an exception there. Um, most yeah. of the Eastern groups start their games around like 6 to 8.30. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, that's I mean, look, I'm guilty. That is me. I'm the one that wants to play at nine o'clock. Um, <laughs> no wonder you've such a good record. I hate yeah. you so much. Every Most week people, I tell Kyle how much I hate him. Like, usually oh, nine o'clock again. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we record at nine o'clock. I mean, that's because like my kids go to bed. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it helps a lot um, if I can wait until after they're in bed before I do sure. evening activities so that, uh, you know, my wife's not trying to wrangle three kids for bedtime screaming in the background while I'm unavailable doing, you know, yeah. not, a, not just a computer game, but a board game of miniatures you know, <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> it's like one extra level of like, do you really have to be doing this right now? Um, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, guilty. I'm the one that wants to start at nine. I'm sorry, Jay. So what Jay is alluding to, starting last year, we did a little bit of breakup. Um, so we have four regions for round robin, which is North America, East and West, Europe, and then Australia slash Pacific. It changes every year. I forget what it's called right now. Um, and then everyone goes to a regional elims. So for this season, we have the same four regional groups. Um, but when you go, the top two will all advance to their what we call regional bracket. So the top two from every pod in North America East will play a single eliminations tournament, West, et cetera. But this season, we combined Europe and Australia into one world bracket um, because the Australian bracket is not large enough to support a single elims after its uh, round robin. And then the top four from each of those brackets will meet in what we call grand finals. And that's kind of just a time zone clash to see who's the best. So we'll see how it goes this time. But I've been I've been involved for a long time. I was a judge way back in season three, became head judge in season six, and graduated to TO for season eight and nine now. So I think I've been involved with as many seasons as LJ is at this point because he took a little break even though he started it. Yep. Just yeah, terrifying. Zach for a season or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say my favorite thing to come out of the regional groupings uh, besides the scheduling, which has been great. Um, is kind of like the regional uh, rivalries. <laughs> you have like, you know, East players being like, you know, East players are the best, East Coast, Beast Coast, and the West West Coast players are like West Coast, Best Coast. And then, of course, you have the Europe and Asian players being like, no, you're all crazy. It's, you know, Europe or, or Asia. So um, it's funny to see like the cross-regional trash talking about you know, which which regional group is the best. We wanted to foster a sense of rivalry both internationally and locally because it's really cool when you have a couple players that like, for example, you and I are only like three hours apart, but we don't play in a lot of the same tournaments. So if you've got the best players from the, say, Boston or Philly area playing the best guys in, in D.C., it's cool to get some like local rivalries. And then you also have the the international and the the coast to coast talk. So it's been a smashing success on all accounts there. So I'm excited to keep that going. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think honestly, you know, I was teasing you there a little bit about this year, but that was like, that's the best thing you guys could have ever done because uh, before that I, I just hated Invader League because of the scheduling. And once you guys did that, I was like, oh, this is great. And now, and now I'm, uh, I signed up again this year. This, I, you know, I've only played like, this only my, what, third year playing or something or, you know, so it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm actually playing NTOing this season, so I'm, I kind of like stepped back from. I'm technically a judge, but I'm not making any judge calls. Oh, I know. I see. I, see. I actually have Mike in my group. Yeah. And um, <laughs> somebody asked you like a rules question or something, and you had to be like, uh, "Reminder: uh, the judge for this group is not me." Um. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Please, please send all questions to Kyle. Um, yeah. I'm not allowed to abstain, or I have to abstain from all decisions here." Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, what are you running, Mike? Uh, so I'm actually running a control C control V version of your Nova list with a tweaked battle deck, because as uh, our listeners may have heard, I don't play a lot anymore. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> um, so I really don't have many reps. So getting to watch you play seven games and then playing four of myself. Um, and I think Legion is pretty easy to watch and learn. You don't necessarily have to, to play it yourself. If you see other competent players do something, it's pretty easy to pick up. So getting like 11 reps out of that, I thought was pretty, pretty easy to do. And it's a super strong list that fits the meta. Mm. And it's fun. So triple whammy. Though it's kind of a list that we're going to see a lot of because um, 
as you guys were uh, nice enough to do, I sent all over all the list URLs and we have a, a breakdown of all the list data. And as you may be surprised to learn, there's a lot of Boba Fett and a lot of Aiden. And it's not just for me. It's like all <laughs> over the freaking league. <laughs> I was really surprised. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't think that's even like my fault uniquely. Uh, no. but I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, let me open this up because I was really surprised at some of these numbers. Um, just, just like I expected a lot of Aiden. I expected a lot of Dan. I expected a lot of Bubba, but just like the sheer quantity. Let's just, why don't we just, you want to walk through these, Mike? Yeah, so um, if you want to see the numbers that we're talking about, you can head over to legionstats.thefifthtrooper.com. Um, I think it's tournament 70. Um, it should it say is. Invader League Season yeah. 9 Round Robin. Um, so all that stuff is here. Yeah, props, by the way, to uh, Bushman and um, our, our data whiz, uh, Dr. Power Slam, on getting all that stuff in there uh, so quickly. So. <clears throat> so I think we could start with the faction counts because it's actually pretty pretty balanced and i was pretty surprised by this so we have a hundred oh, hang on hang on okay no it is not but i will let you go ahead and, and talk so, about that <laughs> it's kind of balanced no it's not, it's not like <laughs> it's not equally balanced it's like shaded to errors okay <laughs> so we have 198 yes. players <laughs> we have 59 imperials that's a lot we have 59 rebels uh 33 separatists 29 gar and only 18 shadow collective so I mean they're they're balanced across the era. It's just a rapidly descending amount as you go across the eras. Mm -hmm. <laughs> rapidly descending. Yeah, there are <laughs> literally there are twice as many Empire and Rebel players as there are Droid and Republic players. Um, Which is insanity. Yeah, me. I mean it, it, it's not rocket science in that like Empire and Rebels. So it's worth noting that um, Invader League is not necessarily the same timeline as release schedule. Um, so essentially, it's it can be. It's not always, but it can be like everything that's previewed. So Invader League also has legal um, all of Boba's cards, all six of his command cards, uh, Rebel Boba Fett. Um, uh, Would you like me to pull up the list? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, because I'm not no going to do this as well from memory. No, no problem. I um, I have looked at this a lot. So we have added in new units. One of our traditions that separates Invader League, besides the fact that it's on TTS, is that we, we've added in things that have been previewed and that we have official cards for. So for example, for this season, we have all six Boba Fett cards legal. Um, we have the Rebel Boba. We have Din in with all of his cards now that he's been fully spoiled. So all of his upgrades, all his command cards, Grogu, Grogu's command card. Um, IG-88 just with his unit card is legal. Um, IG-11 is legal. Uh, Clone Commander Cody is actually in. Um, he's available here. Um, there's no command cards, but you can still use his unit card. Um, crucially, with his expansion, Waxer and Boyle, the Clone Trooper personnel upgrades are legal, and Dark Troopers are in. Um, but if you're taking Dark Troopers, you can only take the naked unit of Dark Troopers. <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty comfortable adding in new units that have been spoiled, but I really don't like to homebrew rules. Um, I don't like to make up like personal rulings and things. So yeah. we just went with the straight card and we were pretty clear about that from the start. It's been about a month and a half public knowledge that if you're taking these guys, you're sadistic and you're only playing them naked. Yeah. And some people did take the dark troopers. We um, got two. Yeah. 
but a, a lot more people took uh din and boba <laughs> yeah yeah they sure did sure. yeah and anyway where I, where I was going with that observation is that empire and rebels are are getting all the new hotness so it kind of makes sense that like i mean republic's not getting a release probably until cody um I don't, it doesn't seem like droids are getting one until uh, Ventress, right? I think that's the latest spoil that we have. Yeah. That's basically um, just a name. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, uh, you know, we just got all these bounty hunters. I guess I guess droids got Bosk in the Shadow Collective wave, um, which isn't nothing. Bosk is great. Uh, but We're seeing a lot of Bosk. <clears throat> yeah. Boosk. Um, but, you know, Empire is getting... Uh, all the bounty hunters, basically. Um, are there any bounty hunters that Empire can't take that have come out so far or will be coming out? No. No, they have access to all of them. Okay. So, yeah, that's both. IGs. As they should. That's Dan. I mean, yeah, that's their thing. I get that. And, uh, um, you know, I'm sure that there's some, like the recent shows have focused on this era and they focused a lot on bounty hunters. So, like, it makes sense. But, um you know, it's not rocket science when you look at these faction counts. Like Empire and Rebels just have more stuff to pick from, and that stuff is newer. So yeah. it's both exciting and also, um, so it would seem so far, very good. So um, I was a little bit surprised by the lack of Shadow Collective. I guess that could be because I feel like I, I know they only came out three months ago, but I feel like Shadow Collective is kind of like solved is not the right word, but people Stale. know. I don't know if that's the right word either. I, I, people know what is good with Shadow Collective, and it is very good. Um, but at this point, it's kind of like it is what it is. You know what it does. Um, you know, for me, I was I was waffling amongst many things, but one of them was between like Mall Pikes and um, Blizzard Force. <clears throat> and like I already, I already, you know, I haven't run Mall Pikes in a tournament, um, but it's I've seen other people run it. And it's very similar to lists that I've run in the past with a force user and a bunch of core units with heavies. Um, I'm, you know, I've played Maul a lot. I know what he does. Uh, so like, well, I think that is a very strong list. And, um, you know, if I was going to like a tournament where the, all I cared about was outcomes tomorrow, I, there'd probably be a good chance that I was bringing that. But um, I kind of wanted to see what Blizzard Force did because I'm not like a super experienced speeder player. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've run like T47s and stabs and stuff, but um, I I felt like I felt like between the two, I needed to experience Blizzard Force more for myself, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I think a lot of people probably feel the same about Shadow Collective versus some of the new hotness like Din and Bubba and stuff like that. So. You know, new Bobo with all his new cards. Um, what what and, are the other? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and round robin, you see a lot of people experimenting. So yeah, that's what I was kind of going to get into. Round yeah. robin does have a lot of experimentation historically, and um, Legion and Invader specifically has a stigma. I'm going to say problem because I can't think of a better word, but it has a stigma identity that when a list gets to be really good and it's known meta, like people tend to not want to be labeled as that tryhard. Um, I think we have a glaring exception with Rexstar because there was just literally no counter to it um, for two yeah. seasons. Um, but for the most part, if you look at like your Magna Spiders from the past couple of months, I know both of our cast talked about like 
why aren't these things showing up at tournaments like on real life boards where they'd be real good and people are like i just didn't yeah. want to bring it and from some of the players that i've talked to who have run shadow collective and have switched to other things here that's kind of come back into play that you know i've played this i'm tired of it i don't want to be that guy so i'm going to do something else that i still think is very good but it just looks a little more fun i i think the big thing too and and like along those lines is most of the people who would bring let's call it a try hard list like most of the people that would bring a try hard list already probably have their world invite and so like in the real world right like they're not bringing lists that are going to be like really good like even you know kyle kyle's a great player and he's been bringing a different list like to almost every tournament just to see how things are playing you know and and all right well let me i don't know i think this might be good let me bring this you know and, and just because really if kyle loses a tournament it looks bad on his elo ranking and i flog him on the podcast but other than that like you know it's there's there's nothing really on the line right now because most hundreds of people already have worlds in fights so everyone's just playing now which is great which is making it the wild west of legion and you're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff being played you know want to talk about how many like acts and what kind of bids we saw yeah sure yeah yeah this is the most even we've ever seen the average activations it's 10.2 which is not super surprising yep yeah seems to be the magic number but uh, empire is averaging 10.3 rebels 10.3 gar 9.4 and cis 10.5 which is pretty shocking to see three like almost essentially at the exact same level and to see Gar over nine and almost to nine and a half is the highest we've ever seen that. Have any ideas as to why we might be might be seeing that? So I have one. I have two. <laughs> All right. Bart, some, I don't have Bart's any. Pikes. This yeah. is new information. <laughs> I, I think it's the Pike situation. There's a cheap filler that's effective for all four factions. Because we're also seeing a heavy number of like Jedi heroes and stuff. It's not like everything is just spamming units. So I should caveat. So there's one caveat to that as a, um, I guess I can't call myself a Republic player because at this point it's, <laughs> if anything, it's Empire, but it's really all four. Um, but um, the Pikes are the best version of the Pikes, particularly in Republic, is the 80 point version with the um, Capo upgrade and the Disruptor. So it's not necessarily that they're cheap. Um, it's just that they're kind of cheaper than your alternatives. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Capo Commanders. You know, the, the Capo Commander is 15 points cheaper than the Clone Commander. Hmm. So if you're taking Pikes, you're taking the Capo Commander, and that's like a big savings over your Clone Commander. So that's 15 points right there. Um, but then if you're taking Pikes, you know, that's a Courage 2 unit. In order to get like a, a unit with Courage mitigation um, for a Republic, you have to pay somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 points like 90 to 94 points roughly for either a phase one with a heavy weapon and a captain or a phase two um so <clears throat> while it's like slightly more expensive than a phase one with you know naked phase one with the z6 which would be 75 um you're probably not running a lot of those anyway so it kind of takes like the um you know the successful uh republic list archetype where you're running some mix of units that have some resistance to suppression that are like in that 90 point range. Um, and you're, you're getting a discount from those down to 80. 
and then you're getting a discount from your clone commander from 60 down to 45 so um it's kind of like you know adding up at the margins if that makes sense like i i mean maybe people are doing this i wouldn't do this but i don't think it's because people are taking like 40 point pike units as filler um especially because they don't actually count towards their minimums anyway yeah so we'll talk about that because i have the numbers for exactly how many of those showed up too okay I don't think that's why Republic is getting the 10 activations. I know people were speculating about that. I don't actually think that's good in Republic, um, but I think you can still sort of use pikes to save points, even if you're taking the 80-point version of pikes. I'm just happy to see that I am exceeding the average... uh, (laughs) <laughs> the average on this activations i'm running 12 <laughs> i'm very happy at 11 yeah. yeah yeah i'm only at 10 um with my vader vader bikes blizzard force uh, we'll see how that goes bikes with 10 activations but um <clears throat> the bids are more surprising to me <laughs> because it's only a 5.4 average so another interesting. positive thing for me, mine's <laughs> twelve, and I think there's a reason for that. Um, and it's funny because after all the red blue changes, I feel like we're kind of back where we were, uh, you know, like eighteen yeah. months ago, where the average bid was around five. Yeah. Um, you have you have lists like the speeder lists that are bidding like twelve to fifteen points, you know. And then you have lists that aren't speeder lists that are like, well, I could bid, I could try and bid like 17 to 20 points and outbid those speeder lists, or I could just not bid. Um, and that's kind of the approach I went with for Nova. Um, because when you're making like a, for whatever reason, it feels like when you're making a speeder list, you can actually, like you have the points to throw around where you can be like, yeah, I want to use my objectives. I want to use my deployments for these speeders. Um, Whereas if, you know, I guess you, you, you could call it a gun line, the, you know, Iden Bobo list that I ran for Nova, if you're running that, I, like, I didn't feel like I could find 12 to 15 to 20 points without cutting an activation. And if I wasn't going to be able to find 12 to 15 points, um, then why bother? You know, like if you're, if you're losing the bid to speeder list, you're going to lose it by a lot anyway. Um, yeah. And if you're bidding a couple points, maybe you can outbid some other gun lines, but maybe not. And as long as you build a list that kind of doesn't care, which I think the Iden Bubble list doesn't really care, um, then you know you might as well not bid. So I I think I'd be more interested than an average. I'd be more interested to see like a like a distribution. Um, like are people really bidding five to six points, or do you have like a bunch of people bidding like? 12 points and then a bunch of other people bidding two points. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if the website has that actually. Okay. Oh, it has a first quartile, median, and third, which I'll admit I don't know what they mean, but I have the numbers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know what the mean is, but I don't know what the first and third quartiles are. <laughs> so if you'd like to enlighten me, I can, I can tell you what that is. I don't um, actually know either because I don't know how it pulls those specifically. Um, no okay so sorry <laughs> that'll be that'll be a question for bushman or dr power slam um but yeah i i suspect 
that this is this average is slightly misleading and that you have lists like speeder lists that are bidding a lot and then you have the other lists that are like well i can't outbid a speeder list so i might as well not do it yeah um, <clears throat> that's my sense i mean this is this is round robin where you have 200 people of extremely varying experience levels so um i think things like bids will probably be a little more meaningful once you get to regional elims mm-hmm. um I was surprised to see that CIS is not the highest bidder. It's actually Empire per average, but I'd imagine that that comes in with the Blizzard Force list with the speeders and some it's, of your double bounty ideas. It's not just that. I mean, Empire has a lot of good stuff that's cheap. That's fair. <laughs> um, Empire, now don't get me wrong. Uh, Empire was really bad um, two years ago, but they got a ridiculous round of they got a lot of point cuts across the board in the last balance update, which I think is great. I think Empire is in a good place, but um, you know, if like if you look at Empire lists two years ago, th- those same lists are like forty to fifty to sixty points more expensive than they were in some cases. So um, yeah, I don't think this is simply that you have a bunch of blitters or force lists that are bidding. I think like Empire stuff is cheap, yeah, and I think yeah. they they kind of they don't have that same perception that droids do or did because you know they don't have a 38 point core unit but it's more in the aggregate that that sort of thing ends up than in just like one specific way to spam cheap cheap activations because spamming cheap activations is not like something that's inherently good anyway um which is why activations are averaging around 10 when you can make 15, 14 and 15 activation lists those lists are not good (laughs) um so and you also just got the influx of the cheap bounty hunters and boba fett's got a 15 point decrease and bosk went down and the igs started 105 and 110 right and they do a lot of damage and you know have a really high impact on the game objective wise trooper mulching wise for not a lot of points yeah there's kind of a sweet spot of like 100 point character roughly around 100 point characters for empire like I want to run like, I want to run like six characters in an empire list. Um, I know that's not a thing, but like I want to run both IGs. I want to run Boba. I want to run Iden. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I interest you in Imperial Assault? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to run them in Legion, Mike, because Legion is awesome. That is the interesting thing. You know, I uh, a little off topic, but like wanting to run all those bounty hunters and not being able to right now you know it's just it's kind of a bummer but well i i also don't know that it would be effective to run like because you could run four characters you know you could a lot of things aren't effective kyle but they're fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) i there's a lot of stuff i do in my life that's not effective but i had fun (laughs) while i was doing it so you know yeah (laughs) usually ends up in my recycling bin yeah, yeah. <laughs> please don't give empire like three plus operative slots i don't think we want to see that from a yeah. balanced perspective <laughs> i don't want to face triple bounty across the table that actually does something no me either um all right you want to talk about the commanders then yeah let's we're going to lead into that let's hit some unit counts here yeah so these are going to be um commander numbers and you'll notice a theme at the top and then i added in some little following points 
Um, but our most taken commander across all 198 lists was the Pike Capo with 60 appearing across every faction. Seems fine. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> so remind us again how many players are. All right, so we have 198 players. So there's 198 okay. individual lists, and there's a Pike Capo appearing 60 times. So I, I'm sure some people are taking multiple Capos, but I think you could say so that almost a third of players. Pretty close to it. So they appear in 39 lists individually. Okay. And then in those 39 lists, there are 60 total units. So almost a quarter of all players took a play capo. Mm -hmm. yeah. Regardless of action. Yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> I mean, uh, same. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's the only pikes. <coughs> excuse me. Pikes are the only unit that's. <clears throat> unprofessional Sorry. after a weekend with three kids losing my voice here <laughs> um the uh they're the only unit that every faction can take so like you know in on the one hand of course you're going to see a lot of capos because every single faction can take them on the other hand they don't fulfill your commander requirement so it's not like i mean you could argue okay there's 30 something imperial officers and there's 30 something rebel officers and there's 60 capos so you know if you go across four factions you know that's still like less capos per list than you know mm -hmm. the officers occur in empire lists or the rebel officers occur in rebel lists but like the you know the the imperial officer and the rebel officer meet your minimums <laughs> the capo doesn't so like these 60, unless you're Shadow Collective, obviously, but like these 60 capos are capos that people are just taking as like an extra commander, not because they want a cheap commander, because you're not allowed to do that. Right. So, yeah. So we actually have the percentage for like the list of the other ones as well. So you okay. alluded to the, the generic officers. The yep. Imperial officer is second with 34 total, and the Rebel officer is third with 31. Okay. Um, so the Imperial officer is in 30 lists total, which makes up 50, 51% of Empire lists. Yep. And the Rebel officer is in 27 lists, which makes up 46% of Rebel lists. So uh, that's a pretty, it's almost double the rate of the, the Pike Capo that is actually appearing in you know, its respective faction. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's the generic commander. Um, You'll notice, not... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, they're not particularly amazing, but they're cheap, so they're fine for what they do. And especially, I think one of the reasons for this is just because of how popular these operatives are. Mm -hmm. um, like, you have to take a commander. So, and if you're running like 100 to 120, 130 point operative, then you're probably not going to be taking a premium costed commander, so... Well, that depends what faction you're playing, because that's not necessarily true in Empire. <laughs> okay, go on. So you'll notice that our top three units were all generic. So our top named unit in terms of like an actual Star Wars character that's uh -huh. not you know made up is actually Aiden, and there's okay. 21 Aidens. <laughs> so Aiden <laughs> makes up 36% of all Empire lists. I that's hate so you so much, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I blame you. I blame you for this completely. <laughs> There are more items than D-Series, which is 
kind of funny. More uh, than what? Than T series. Uh. <laughs> I mean, Iden's good. I don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Beyond Iden, the next named character is Anakin with 14. And then surprisingly, Han with 11. We've got a lot of Hans this season. Yeah, that's interesting. The Anakin is not surprising because I, I think, I don't think it would be a hot take to say that Anakin is the, the best possibly like i want to say he's he's the only good republic commander but <laughs> i don't think it would be that far off the mark um so i, I think rex is still good i think you just got to find ways to play him now that's all that's why i'm not going quite that far but the fact that you're seeing i mean what's what's the percentage on anakin like so how, the, what percent of republic lists have anakin the percent of republic lists is 49 percent. okay so more, you know, more or equal to the number of Empire and Rebelists that have a generic commander, yeah. have Anakin. He's their generic commander. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, I love me some Anakin. Um, but that's, that's why it's, that's a high number. Yeah, there's actually, there's more Anakin than clone commanders. There's only 12 clone commanders. Yeah, because you're taking Anakin with a capo. Yep. I'm surprised there's 12 clone commanders and not zero <laughs> so i think there's tw- i think there's 12 because we do have three yodas three cody's three chieftains and two obi-wans and one poor soul with rex i could see it with cody because cody is just like begging to be fire supported and you're getting some good value out of direct there but i think for most of the other archetypes the capo just gives you more or less what you want for 15 points cheaper. So I, I don't anyway. disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, especially for Anakin list. If there's 14 Anakins, there should be at least 14 Capos because um, have we talked about how the ploy lets you basically ignore Anakin's flaw on this cast yet? Um, no. So we, we could hit it quickly. Yeah, let's hit it super fast. Um, Anakin's flaw, of course, is, you know, if he has a suppression, uh, you can't issue Anakin an order, which for a focus piece, like a force user is like devastatingly bad. Um, so most Anakin players would run endurance to try and strip suppression at the end of the turn, especially as he gets suppression from all of his command cards based on you know certain conditions. Um, ploy lets you put a fa- face down order on your card basically, and then play that whenever you want. So if, and you know, you know, when someone plays the flaw card, they have to do it in before command cards. So if someone plays the flaw on Anakin, you just play ploy and you put the commander token on the ploy card and you have order control of Anakin and you basically completely ignore the flaw. It's not like no downside because then someone's essentially, like the flaw card essentially says you must play ploy, mm-hmm. which can itself be an issue if you need to play something else at a given time. Um, but um, yeah. It's it's such a great pairing for Anakin to run a Kappa with him with Ploy because, you know, then like endurance is six points in a training slot that you could easily be spending on any number of other great training upgrades for Anakin. So yeah. <clears throat> Want to hit the operatives? Sure. So this is the exciting part that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So I got, I guess I don't know. This is a PG thirteen cast, right? I'm not going to curse. We curse occasionally. Okay, I wasn't planning. As long so, as you're not dropping any f bombs. No, 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 no. I, okay. it's not my 
not my content. Okay. <laughs> so I got, Drop whatever I got, you want. I'll let it. I man. got really hammered the other night <laughs> and people were asking me questions about how many bovas are here, how many dins are here. So I opened up all 198 lists individually and counted how many rebel dins and how many imperial dins and bovas, et cetera, there were. I have an exciting life, as you can tell. Um, so we know that there are 37 dins in this event. Um, the site does categorize them all as, I think, empire. Um, so it doesn't actually split them up because we've got yeah. some, obviously, some new tech that just needs updates. Yeah, they're still working on the coding. Yeah. Yep. It's beyond my knowledge. <laughs> um, so we have 37 dins total. There's only 11 rebel, which means that there are 26 uh, imperial dins, which is okay. kind of surprising to me. I thought we would have a lot of imperial din like we do. But I thought we'd see more than 11 Rebel Dins, considering we have nearly 60 lists. Just because he's new hotness, he's good, and Rebels have access to Bounty now. Yeah. I think for Rebels, my view as a Rebel player now, Mike, uh, um, it's it's harder to fit him into stuff that makes sense with everything else you got going on. Like... Um, He's good, and I think there's a place for him, but it's just a little bit tougher of a squeeze when you're trying to like do other things. I, that's just my view on it. That makes sense. Yeah, and as someone that was thinking about this myself when I was building a list, um, I feel like with the way that, and I was possibly overthinking this based on how few Shadow Collective we saw, but you know, with the way that people have been playing Maul in major tournaments recently from Shadow Collective, which is like hyper aggressive, you know, in some cases like infiltrating him directly into a deployment zone and other cases putting hmm. him into a bus um, and just burying him as quickly as possible. Personally, I want to have a list that either has force push or whipcord. Um, and if I'm not running force push, then that means you're running ripcord, which means you're running either Empire Boba or Rubble Boba. Uh, and between the two, for me, maybe it's just my comfort level. Um, I would much rather have Empire Boba. Um, I think Rebel Boba has a has a place as like an interesting linebacker unit, um, but that's not how I personally use Boba. So um, that's kind of like a basic, you know, if I'm just straight up deciding between Empire and Rebels. Um, if I'm not running a Force user, I would rather just run Empire. And then if I'm doing that, I'm running Boba. And then if I want to run Din, I'm doing like some Din Boba thing. Um, so that's just like my own personal thought process and why you might see more Empire Dins is simply because like, for me, if I'm not running a Force user, I'm running Empire. It's that simple mm. right now. Um, turns out I'm doing both at the moment because I'm running Vader <laughs> and Blizzard Force. Um, but like I was trying to make like Rebel lists with Din work and I just couldn't find something that's that made me comfortable against like some kind yeah. of super aggressive force user. Um, and even, even though Din can himself dish out immobilized tokens, it's not, it's not the same because he doesn't have a way to disengage. Um, he's, it'll be interesting to see how he plays out, but like, you know, immobilized in melee with the force user, I don't think is where Din wants to be. I don't think so. Um, I think he's, he's great. Uh, at like shredding normal schmoes um, and people are already seeing this uh, he just absolutely shreds like core units and other just random trooper units um, but 
you don't want him in melee with a lightsaber. And what makes Whipcord so good in that situation is Boba can slap him with the immobilized tokens and then just run away. And then you can shoot that force user with whatever you want. You can shoot him with Boba. Um, you can shoot him with the rest of your army. But there's, you know, other than like some kind of last first withdrawal situation, you know, the immobilized tokens from Din don't really do anything onto a force user except like kind of commit you to just staying in combat with that force user. And I'm not sure that's bad for the force user. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a super long explanation, but that's why I think you're not seeing as much Rebel Din. I, I don't disagree with any of your points. I was just surprised with the amount of hype that he's gotten both on Facebook and on Discord and on all the podcasts and such talking about him with events. Um, I thought we would just have more than 11 considering just the vast number of Rebels that we saw. I was expecting to see like 15 to 18. So to see, you know, nearly half to two thirds of that was a little surprising to me. Yeah. Same number as Han. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. We have 34 Imperial Bobas. To put that in perspective, that is 58% of Empire lists. <laughs> that's, that's insane. That's crazy. I can't remember. Other than maybe like Rex during Rex Star, I can't remember like a single unit making up such a huge percentage of a single faction's lists. And like a focus piece unit, not right. just like a core trooper or a special forces. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this is a focus commander slash operative. Hmm. And he's potentially getting gear upgrades with the new Boba as well. Yeah, he's got four, I think four upgrade cards, they said. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's that people have sussed out that it, that's what listed on the box, but um, he's getting multiple gear upgrades in the same flavor as like, you know, Gar Saxon or um, Din's gear upgrades. Like he he might get like a discardable flamethrower. <laughs> he doesn't need to use a card for him. Now you can take two 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 pips. Right. Price of one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> he's only gonna get better. Um, I mean, he's all, like. I used him at Nova with only quote unquote only his normal three command cards and he's great. Now he's getting three more command cards, all of which are very solid and potentially a bunch of gear upgrades. So I'm not surprised. I still don't think he's as good as you think he is, Kyle. It's okay to I be think wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if Worlds was tomorrow, I would be running Boba Fett. It would, be, it would be pretty interesting to see if you won back-to-back -back worlds, considering they were like four years apart. <laughs> that would be really <laughs> funny, wouldn't it? All right. Now I'm kind of in support of that happening, just because of, <laughs> just because of that ridiculousness. Just for the walls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty surprised as to what was third for operatives. So we actually have a tie, and it's another bounty hunter, but it's not the one that I thought it would be. It's Bosk. And Padme at 17 apiece. Now I'm assuming we don't have the split numbers on Empire Bosk, CIS Bosk, and Shadow Collective Bosk, but that's a lot. You know, 17, that's a that's a fairly yeah. significant portion. Yeah, Bosk is really good. Yeah, he's super good. Yeah. And he's available with three factions, so that's not surprising. Yeah. And I think in like all three of those, he has like <laughs> I was looking at a bunch of lists. Like, he has a really good place in all three of those. Like, you can build entire lists to right. 
to support him in, in every one of those factions, which is crazy. I was surprised that we saw more boss than CAD because CAD's been hyped up for the past six months as this really, really good new unit that got some changes that he needed, got some changes he didn't need, got a nice points cut. And you know, all of a sudden the, the old bounty hunter is the one that's ahead of him and they're available in the same number of factions. I think it's, uh, if I had to guess, I think CAD is <clears throat> a little trickier to play. And so people probably if don't want to like, they want some more runtime with them before they put them on the table where Bosk is pretty straightforward. It's aim and shoot. That's, that's what Bosk does. <laughs> he's just a spider droid. He's way yeah. easier to use. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a little more, he's more fragile than a spider droid. So you got to be a little more aware of his activation timing, but he's way easier to use than Cad Bane. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyone want to guess how many pike, how many pikes we had? For core units unless you've already looked at the sheet and then it's cheating i haven't uh i never do my homework uh um 35 37 no 40 40 i'm going 40 like just 40 total pike core units across 200 players i don't know i'm just i'm just saying things uh, we have 148 <laughs> They appear in 54 lists. So the Pike soldiers appear in a quarter of every list, just over a quarter of every list. But it seems like most likely always in whatever maximum quantity they're allowed. Yeah. I would wager that that's the case. And just based on my own experience of like looking at the lists as we prep for the reveal show and looking at them as I scroll through all the others, um, you know, you don't see just like a single Pike. If it's Empire, it's like, it's two pikes. If it's Rebels, it's two pikes. You know, Shadow Collective obviously is is different. So that probably skews a little bit. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's not our highest core though, because B1s are still a thing. And despite the fact that there's only 33 CIS lists, there are 184 B1s. <laughs> so that is, in some cases, I assume that's more than six B1s in a list because of uh, the Battle Force. I believe so. Let's throw that into a calculator. Oh, it is. Yeah, because it's 184. Yeah. There's almost one B1 unit for every player in Invader League. Yeah. It's 5.6 <laughs> B1s per list. Okay, so just under six B1s per list on average. Because we, we do have a list that is five B2s, and it's the only five B2s in the, in the event. So that, I think that one has skewed it slightly. What a mad lad. What are they doing? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope it has a snail. <laughs> or two snails. Or two snails. I don't know. You might not be able to afford all that. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't know. That would be a lot. That'd be, yeah, that'd be like 800 points just with, and you'd only have like seven activations. So that's probably not the case. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Pikes are good. I, <laughs> what else to say here yeah there's there's a hundred so i mentioned i had the numbers for like how many capos were there and how many disruptors etc so of the 148 total pikes 120 of them come with a disruptor so these are not just naked filler you know they're they're units that have a gun on them and 79 of those have capos can you tell um how many are not shadow collective pikes I cannot unfortunately okay 
<clears throat> I attempted to count and gave up about six lists in because I realized that I had to look through all of those one more time. Yeah, and I don't think it, it's possible that uh, I'm just not using this properly. It doesn't appear that there's a way to sort it yet based on uh, mercenary units per faction. So um, Dr. Power Slam, I'm sure, will correct me after this cast. Right. Like you dunce, there's a button up here that you can hit to um but yeah, I I'd I'd be curious to see how many of those are like non-shadow collective pikes. Like how many lists are just straight up running two pikes because they can run two pikes. Right. <clears throat> um I'm just glancing over the other ones here. None of these other ones are super surprising. Uh Rebel Troopers with 80, phase ones at 78, um, everything else kind of in the 60s. That seems like sort of normal to me. Yeah, and then it's down into the 30s for like the quote-unquote specialized core, like snows and fleets and things like that. Yeah, B2s. Oh, there's only five B2s. but Oh, there's a total of five B2s. There's a total of five tournament? B2s. Yeah, wow. one player That's... has all of the B2s. How the mighty B2 has fallen. Um... I know, I miss those <laughs> days. <laughs> I do too. I really enjoyed my B2s, but it's hard to justify, you know, like a 95-point B2HA. Yeah. When you can spend 80 points on a, on a pike unit. Now, clearly that pike unit doesn't fulfill your minimums, but even still. That's why you've got 184 B1s <clears throat> in the event. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had 80 Rebel Troopers, and 41 of them have the DLT. So, you know, half filler, half actual gun units. Yep. yep. Seems about right. Rip the Z6. Yeah, it's, it's gone. <clears throat> um. Because it's a them. slot machine. Nobody wants to play slots. It used but... to be. It used to be good though. Like, well, when it was the only thing you could choose. Yeah. yeah. But it also just from a pure. There was a time in the game when the Z6 Rebel Trooper was the most efficient range three unit in the game. Yeah, Granddad. It was like the first year. I'm like, aware. This is, of that, this is the new age. Yeah. <laughs> I got my invite <laughs> off of it. <laughs> yeah. well. Oh, there he is. Kyle lost Kyle there for a second. He's yeah, back. Though. Sorry, I'm good. Oh, you're good. I was just so shocked about how <laughs> the mighty Rebel Trooper Z6 has fallen so far. Yeah, I remember um, when we used to, we like ran those stats, right? About how, yeah. like, yeah. But I mean, they're always, they've always been a slot machine, right? And it's just like, sure, you throw 10 dice, but I don't know. It's white dice. <laughs> so, yeah, know. sometimes you get no hits, sometimes you get like seven right yeah and those seven hits are like four crits so everybody yeah. else is missed <laughs> <laughs> those are the best like rebel trooper z6 rolls where you're just yeah, like yeah. taking a shot in the dark and you're like oh four crits okay yeah <laughs> oh my my loop just went over four. Oh crap yeah, <laughs> yeah. i um, just i figured we could quickly hit the support and heavies because there's okay. some really interesting discussions i think to be had about special forces yeah um, go ahead the heavies are exactly what you might think um AAT is tops, followed by the AA5, the T47, and then the Sabre tank in, in third because the others are tied. You know, we've got 19 AATs, 13 respective Rebel heavies. They're they're effective pieces. They've got some good counter meta play, but they're definitely not the leading force they were, what, about a year and a half ago at the previous LSO. Yeah. I don't really think there's any surprises there. No, I think that's kind of a dispute. Uh... I thought I was seeing more ATSTs, but I, I actually that's a good point. There's less than five ATSTs, so that is a little surprising. Um, the support's even more obvious. 
you know, with Blizzard Force being good, we've got 47 speeder bikes, um, 32 <laughs> barks, and 21 steps. So, that's speeders. Speeders. Speeders are good. It is weird to see 18 FDs to 11 DSDs. That was something that was kind of strange to read. <laughs> that's really yeah. If you told me a year ago that we had more FD cannons and spider droids, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> but the special yeah. forces is really, really interesting. And I think it showed a lot of the, the growth and change that the game has had over the past two years. Um, there's 101 rebel strikes, 85 imperial strikes. And then the third highest special forces is 18 Magna Guard. Like this feels like it's early 2020 again. Like if you're running special forces, they have to be sniper strike teams. Well, and more specifically, uh, Civil War era, yeah, sniper strike teams. Yeah. Um, like how many BX strikes and how many arc strikes? There were seven BX strikes, and there are 13 arc strikes. Yeah, I, to me, I think this speaks more to the value currently of high velocity than strike teams does that make sense yeah yeah um i think i said it on on a couple of weeks ago but I, high velocity and pierce have never gone out of fashion we just forgot about them for a little while because there's other things to play with but like it's a, it's always been good like this is nothing new this has always been good they're cheap they have, they they don't care about cover for the most part, and then they kill. It. They always wound. Like, yeah, good. It's good. Yeah, they're in they're in seventy and sixty five percent of lists respectively. Oh, and I wonder how much of that remaining is uh, just straight up Blizzard Force, which is not allowed to take them. That's a good question. There's only five Rebel Wookies, uh, like melee Wookies. Which is a, just a crazy downturn from the last two leagues that we've seen. Yep. I think that has everything to do with pikes. Yeah, yep. and that flows perfectly into our final section for the upgrades because we have 163 copies of SA, 141 copies of Vigilance. <laughs> so, which is also even more slightly misleading because pikes have SA baked in. You don't even need to take the upgrade card, which you would take on it. So, if you include Pikes, SA, you have 303 copies of Situational Awareness in Invader League. That's crazy. Yeah, that doesn't even include the Pike Capos. That's just the Pike Core. I feel so. like I should have just gone back to a high-velocity spam list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kept mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, dodge, dodge spam is real. Yeah. So where does that balance lead? Like, Because I think one of the interesting things that Invader presents is that it gives us a worldwide view. And yes, there's the caveats of it's not the actual meta because we're using half-spoiled units and Round Robin has a little more experimentation, but it still does give you a concept of what players in every region are still using. And how far into this tipping point of like dodge spam is what the game has become and you have to come up with a counter to it, are we? Like, is it as simple as pikes are a little too cheap and then we can fix that? Or is it like, you know, more of a core issue of it's just as easy for rebels to access. That's what they were doing before the pikes as well. Any thoughts on, on that? I think it's probably, a little, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think it is mostly pikes. 
simply because we've had like rebels have had access to this archetype for more than a year yeah um and it wasn't you know it was a strong list clearly um but not in a way that like every tournament that you're going to you're like i need to deal with dodge spam um well certainly it was a consideration but... yeah i would argue i don't think it's just dodge spam that's forcing your hand on this it's the dodge spam plus everything else that the pikes do right like it's the danger sense it's like they just they got everything man and then so it's like you're like okay i gotta do something i gotta do something you know and i think if maybe they lost one of those things or something got tweaked a little bit then yeah you would see the decline really really fast i i, I think because i don't think the dodge spam is the only thing that they have the that is strong right they've got a lot that's strong that's that's why there are so many of them because they're just a really good cheap unit yeah sometimes you forget that they don't even have nimble because they just have so many of them yeah it's crazy well and i think it's possible that like you know if you were to do a points update i think probably the the rebel trooper version like people forget that that actually went down in cost because the captains decreased Personally, I would just I would just undo that, put it back to the original captain cost. Um, but you know, like I think that was probably a slightly above the curve list before Pikes, and then Pikes just made it so that like everybody could do it in some fashion, even if it was just taking two of them. Um, and I think Pikes are probably a little more efficient even than Rebel Troopers with captains for the cost. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the the short answer is it was already kind of strong. Um not overly popular, but still very good and then now everybody can do it. So <laughs> yeah. and they are. <laughs> and they are. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah. Short answer TLDR I think it's pikes, but I would I would not uh ignore the captains if I was looking at cost increases. Mm. Let's put it that way. Do you think SA and Vigilance need to look for their points? I think they're fine outside the context of those two builds. Like, I think, I think, you know, like characters, Vigilance is fine at its cost on most characters. I think it's fine on like clone units that try and make dodge spam lists. Um, I think Pikes don't even really need Vigilance, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have not run Vigilance with Pikes. Um, they already start the turn with dodges. Like, yeah, clearly you it's can read into nice. it more. Yeah. You know? But <clears throat> my experience with pikes and dodges has been like one, you know, one free dodge is great, two free dodges is good, three free dodges is overkill. Like at at three dodges, you know, starting the turn with three dodges and sometimes even two, either they're gonna be shooting you with something at high velocity has high velocity or they're not if they're not shooting with something that has high velocity then two dodges is going to be enough um if they are then one dodge is going to be too many you know so um but kyle three is more than two and that's better <laughs> with aim tokens <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I yeah I, I let me ask you this so here's here's a weird question so instead of 
like a point adjustment, could you just remove one of the keywords like outmaneuver or dangerous sense from pikes and even them out? I think that would that could do it, right? Potentially. I think that's very likely. I'm not sure which one you would remove. Um, you know, if you remove independent, it makes like none of the other things that they do work. Um, I think that's arguably similar with with uh, if you remove out maneuver because then you just get back to crit spam as a counter, and I'm not sure that's you know <laughs> that might be like like sort of replacing one bad thing with another. Um, maybe it's danger sense, but danger sense is kind of a slot machine. I, Personally, I would just increase the price. I don't. I think there's a danger of overthinking it there, because um, I think I think if you're cutting a keyword, there's there's a bigger chance that you like hit the wrong button, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you're just increasing their cost, you just you know they're just too efficient. So if you increase their cost, then you're addressing the problem more directly. Um, thematically, it's a little weird that like you know these street thugs are apparently like hyper elite units but um i don't know i i think there's a danger like if you were to remove any of those keywords you kind of break something else about how they work i don't know i guess yeah. thematically really yeah yeah if we're talking about thematically i think spoiler alert for book of boba fett like i i don't they weren't as much of street thugs as they were more of a oiled machine right and i think that it's a little reflective of it but look at what they were fighting against they were fighting Street against bugs. boba yeah. din and like actual like i mean like teenagers on mopeds right like of course they're gonna look organized and effective fair. compared to <laughs> like the dude that spins around and you know with his eye thing and yes yeah. a bunch of like speed one mopeds um I have seen this. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but you look at you look at Pikes and other media like Clone Wars, and you know they're not comparable to Clone Troopers. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they're okay. in, in this game. They're better than Clone Troopers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I from a balanced perspective, I think the easiest knob to turn would just be a points knob. It's a weird way to phrase that, but all right. <laughs> it's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> phrasing not a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just not, not doing, doing phrasing anymore. Uh, yeah. Just need to add serpentine as a, a new upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> serpentine. Gives you like agile one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm speaking of real quickly i am glad that they leaned into the memes a little bit with some of these new card names like the hand thing they literally just named a card thing the quote hand yeah. thing. um i think that's amazing i love that and the artwork has been absolutely killer like all it of these been. new command cards yeah. are just stunning yep all right really yeah there's that part you know what there's a positive thing for amg they've really been focused on the art the sculpts have been uh for the most part pretty amazing as well and you know what you're doing great, guys. In the art department. The art department's doing great. And you know who came over from FFG? The sculptors in the art department. <laughs> yeah. Did they? Yeah, they kept yeah. the sculptors. 
Well, that was my, you know, um, what was that, that first mini extravaganza where they were talking about the the um shadow collective and they did like an hour and a half on like all the art and like finding the artists and like doing yeah. it and i was like this is great like i love that a lot part. of work that goes into that stuff yeah it really yeah. is so i mean yeah seriously that stuff is all great and that's something they do great with mcp too so that's not surprising yeah. that like i mean every mcp model i see even though i don't play the game i'm like i want to buy that yeah, yeah. Um, and just put it on my shelf but. and i guess shameless plug for those artists um you can actually find out who they are and most of them do have like a patreon where they'll yeah. like sell the artworks and stuff there's a few other games that i subscribe to their uh artworks and it usually makes up like my desktop backgrounds and stuff yeah so if you really do like it you can you can purchase it put it on your wall and stuff yeah jay can probably attest uh, it's not yeah. always a whole lot of money in graphic design so no <laughs> well, that kind of wraps up my uh, my points for invader league i appreciate you guys having me on here to kind of yeah. display the numbers and just chat about you know some of the things and the overarching themes and what we're expecting where can people follow invader league if they want to do that? so easiest place to follow invader league is to go to the legion discord um the admins over there have given me full access over like all of the channels <laughs> and we have somewhere between six to ten channels that has um like just our general chat where you can ask questions. There's some rules, questions, announcements. You can see pictures of the maps. Um, actually, that's a lie. I took that down. Um, you can see, you can check the streaming schedule for all of our our, um, our Twitch and YouTube streams. And you can also go to invaderleague.com. Um, simple as that. Just go to the website there. You'll be able to see the what is Invader League. You'll be able to navigate over to the groups and kind of see where all the live standings are and you know who's playing what. And um, Every now and then there's a post on Facebook about it. Um, I'll admit I'm not very good about keeping that up to date, but if you just search in the Legion Discord group Invader League, it'll come up with my name and kind of get all that info as well. Yeah, make sure you check out the streams because that's how we support this stuff. So, Yeah, yeah we're, we're trying to push some things to get some bigger stream audiences this year. Um, we've got some more giveaways. We're going to do weekly giveaways for those that like check in the streams. Um, so if we just like see you in the chat, you get an extra entry into the weekly things. And um, you guys have been nice enough to sponsor like half of the weekly giveaways. So we appreciate it. Um, I think the first one actually went live while we were recording here. It's for uh, a Sabak chip chit set from Luminous Gaming. Oh, um, nice. So if you go over to the, the channels that I just mentioned, there's the giveaway channel and you just click on the little button at the bottom and you get entered into it. We'll do the giveaway in a week. It's the easiest place. Legion Discord is the easiest one. We're fairly close to the top and I'm always in there making fun of somebody with the Invader League tag after my name, so it's easy to find. Yeah, and if you're not in the Invader League Discord, I will put, or I'm sorry, the Legion Discord, I will put the link in the description of this. Make that easier. Awesome. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, all right. We are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. You can say I'm Mike, Mike. Oh, uh, and I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would have let the silence just roll. I just wanted to see how long we could wait. Yeah. I would have waited for a while. It's been a couple of years since I could say I was uh, part of that. <laughs> yeah. it's we. The guests say that they're here too. It's okay. okay. We're not. Um, You're Scoundrel this week, buddy. Oh, yep. sweet. My face is very uh, red, as you on YouTube can see now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay fresh, cheese bags. Later. 
This has been a Fifth Trooper production.